Man, y'all know the face, y'all know the name. Y'all tuned into the world's greatest podcast. No, I do not say this because it sounds lit when I introduce my podcast. No, I do not say it because it looks cool on a shirt. No, I do not say this because you guys expect it. You are tuned into the world's greatest podcast, Talking Chief, hosted by yours truly. You know the face, you know the name, Mr. It's a Movie, Cletus Real Talk. And I have a special guest with me. You guys know I do not introduce my guest. I think it shortchanges them. I think it's corny. So I will allow my guests to introduce themselves. So guest, please introduce yourself. Thank you, Cletus. My name is Amoy Barnes. Hi, Mr. Barnes. What do you do, Ms. Barnes? Why are we here right now? Why are we having this conversation? We're talking because I'm a candidate for city council. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Staten Island, District 49. This is amazing. Run, I'm, I'm running for office. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel, I feel blessed and highly favored. I feel truly like I'm walking in my purpose. Mm. And when you're walking in your purpose, everything is just natural, organic. It. It's not forced. It's not... You know, it's what I'm supposed to be doing and not because it's like my destiny. I don't know what my destiny is. You Still know? figuring it out. That's, you know, up to God and that's a journey. Life is a journey. But when you know you're doing the right thing and you're doing it for the right reasons, that's 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 something that nobody can take away from you. Mm, I love it. Hashtag walk a walk through your journey in them heels hashtag six inches or more or no thank you shout out to the queens okay cool 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 so miss bonds how did you first get started in politics and why did you decide to run for council city council i first got started in politics when i was in college and I was an AmeriCorps volunteer in okay. Schenectady, New York. Shout out to Schenectady. Shout out to Schenectady at the Boys and Girls Club uh, at Mount Pleasant, actually. And a friend of mine, the director there, had asked me to, he was running for office. He was running for office and he said, hey, you want to join me to go knock doors? And I went with him to, to go knock doors. And, and him and I got along really well. He was just really cool, chill, uh, uh, black guy. We were both Jamaican, so we vibed over that, you know, our, our Jamaican vibes. And we were knocking doors, and he, he was talking to constituents about voting for him. And one of the women said, your literature doesn't say if you're a Democrat or Republican. And he says, oh, well, I'm a Republican. And I said, what? <laughs> and that, and he, he was the first black Republican I ever met. I said, I never really knew that was true mm -hmm. black republican and he said yes i'm a black republican and i'm like yeah but you cool so him we're still friends to this day mm -hmm. uh he did not win his election mm. uh albany is a fairly democratic area but uh but he actually taught me a lot about politics um and one of the things he taught me is you know you you got to look beyond the parties right you know democrat republican well nowadays things are way more partisan than they were 13, 14, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But um, he taught me it's not about the party, it's about what you're doing, why are you doing it, um, how are you being of purpose. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, are you running just for power or are you running for purpose mm. to really serve and to be of service? And... Um, and, and it really put that in my head about being of service. And then I ended up going and doing a, becoming a session assistant for um, in the New York State Senate. And there, that's when you learn how laws are made, legislation, things of that nature. Um, I went to school in Albany, so Albany is where the magic happens. And uh, I went during a very interesting time because at the time I went to school, um, What's his name? Um, the governor that had to give up his his seat. It wasn't Giuliani. He no, it was a governor. He had to give up his seat because of a sex trafficking scandal. What? Yeah. The, Man, this had to be way before my time. The governor who had to give up his seat because he was caught trafficking prostitutes across state lines from D.C. Oh man drama 
government <laughs> politics, man. So after you were a session assistant, what else have you done? Um, so after I was a session assistant, um, I went, I grad, you know, finished school, graduated with my uh, undergraduate degree in sociology and um, history. I'm a big sociology buff. I think it's important to really understand how society affects people and vice versa. Um, and and I went and I worked in government right here on Staten Island. I got a position with State Senator Diane Savino. Shout out to her. And uh, and it was great because I was her intern in Albany. And then when I moved back home, they hired me. And it was just a really awesome transition. And so I was young and excited and vibrant. And uh, really, it was just, I always say, it was like... I just felt ready to just help everybody I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And so I was her scheduler at first, but I was horrible at being scheduling. Shout out to all the schedulers because scheduling is a very hard job. People don't realize like doing people's schedule is really no joke. I can only imagine. Um, and then she says, okay, you're not very good at scheduling. We'll find something else for you to do. <laughs> and she made me her director of constituent services. And, you know, at Senator Savino, she's not a micromanager. She's, she's going to say, here's your job. Do your job. That's what I expect of you. Mm -hmm. And so I had so much freedom to be able to figure out what the community needed, what being a director of constituent services is, which is pretty much helping people with their problems. Mm -hmm. People called with a problem, it was my job to know how to fix it. And learning how to fix problems is something that I'm very proud to say I'm very good at. Oh man, Sam has a lot of them. <laughs> and it's not to say that I can fix every problem. You know, nobody, there's no guarantees in anything. But I do know from my experience that sometimes it's just about getting the right person on the phone. Mm -hmm. I feel that completely. And unfortunately, there has been barriers in our government where people don't have access to the resources and services um, that they're paying their taxpaying dollars for. It's really mind-blowing sometimes. What are some of those services that people have access to that they may not, like the average uh, a listener or the average American may not know they have access to? Oh. I think about a lot of times it's just people's lack of understanding of how government is supposed to work for them. Mm -hmm. And an example could be the fact that just recently I was looking at the taxes on, you know, like people's property taxes. Mm -hmm. So many people aren't actually paying the property taxes that they're supposed to be paying because they are not signing up for what they qualify for. So mm -hmm. if you're a senior, you qualify of a certain age with a certain income, you qualify, You can actually qualify to get your um, property taxes reduced. If you're a veteran, you qualify to get property taxes reduced. A lot of times people don't realize that there are so many services and resources that government has put into place to help people make their lives a little easier, but that information is not being communicated appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, I think that one of the main roles of government and your elected official is to make sure government is working for you. Oh, without a doubt. That's why they're getting voted into the That's office. what you're there to do. You're there to make sure government is working for the constituents that you're there to serve. And a lot of, sometimes, you know, people forget that. People forget that you really do work for them. <laughs> like, and I, sometimes people get upset when you say, I don't work for you, no. You actually do. You really do. And my life has always been, I've been a career civil servant, and I'm a proud career civil servant, and I'm proud to say that I work for you. Like, Cletus, I work for you. I appreciate you. You know, and and I don't have any, like, your taxpaying dollars pays my salary. And it's something that I always say, I'm proud to be able to serve you. I'm proud to be able to help make your life a little easier and help to make sure that you have access to what your taxpaying dollars pay for because you pay, pay plenty of it. Um, but yeah, so I worked for the senator for a number of years and it was during the recession. Mm. So when I say you see some, you've seen some hard times during the recession, you see some hard times. And so during that time, we did job fairs. We did a lot of things. And I remember at this job fair, it started at 
maybe nine o'clock in the morning and people were lined up from 7 a.m. Hmm. And I was just like, I couldn't, I was like, man, like people are suffering. And I think you always have to remember that you don't know what people's circumstances are. You don't know, you see people on the street, you don't know what their lives are, you don't know what they're going through. So just always remember to treat people with decency and respect and kindness and compassion. Because at the end of the day, that person, you don't know what they're suffering from. Without a doubt. So, you know, I'm I'm appreciative of, of the time that I had um, in the senator's office because it truly showed me so many perspectives of people's lives and showed me that it doesn't matter if you're black or white or Asian. Um, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. People are suffering. Mm-hmm. And all too often people are suffering in silence because they don't know where to turn and they don't know where to go. And I find a lot of the times, which is really disappointing to me, that when people go to their elected officials, it's usually because they literally don't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. It's like the last option at this it's point. It's the last option. And to me that's always like, because when I would deal with certain um, issues, I'm like, oh my God, like, why didn't you come here earlier? And it's because people feel sometimes feel this disconnect. They don't think they they don't think that they're allowed to go to their elected officials office first. And I'm like, "No, you should go to your elected official first. Why not? They're literally elected to serve you. So they should be your first place to go. You shouldn't be going there when it's literally like and I've seen this you, your apartment has been padlocked by the marshals. And now you have no place to go. No, I feel that completely. Wow. So, I'm really a big proponent of making government more transparent, making access to government more transparent, making access to um, making people understand that I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve you no matter what your issues are. There is no problem, no issue that is too, too, too minor. Because... I'm supposed to be a resource. I'm supposed to say, okay, this is your problem. No problem. This is where you should probably go. This is how we can probably help. Or this is how we can't help. Because I've been in situations where it's like, yeah, you did yourself on this one. Mm-hmm. But um, that being said, uh, a lot of times I've, I've seen some things. And, and I'm grateful, like I said, I think Senator Savino was just a great... Um, she managed very well and she allowed me a lot of room to grow and flourish and figure out who I am and what type of person I am, what type of leader I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she has, and I've watched her and she has been, uh, kind of like a mentor to me, even when she doesn't know she's mentoring me because you watch people. That's oh, how you that learn. You learn the type of person you want to be by just observing. You can only be what you see. You can't be what you don't see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, and then I left her office and went to the Peace Corps. <laughs> and now you have decided to run for city council. Yes. And, now, and then I went to Peace Corps. I came back, served two years in Morocco. Truly um, a legacy of leadership. Peace Corps is an amazing opportunity. I highly recommend anybody and everybody to join Peace Corps. I think the world would be a better place if people did. Uh, I came back. I worked in uh, some more government and politics, worked on campaigns. Um, then I got my master's, and uh, and I thought I was going to go to law school, but then I was like, nah, no, I don't want to go to law school. And then I started working at the mayor's office, and when I started working at the mayor's office uh, and really working in local local politics, that's when I was like, okay, I think I might want to run for office. Um, it's not something that I always wanted to do. It, I really, I really never thought about it. Mm-hmm. That was not where my mind was headed. I believed that, and I still do believe, you don't have to run for office to serve. There's so many ways to be a leader. There's so many ways to... Uh, have purpose Um, but like I said to you in the beginning I came to a decision that this is my purpose and that I know that I could truly serve and serve 
in a capacity very well. Oh, I feel it completely. I believe in you. I, I, I really do. I feel like 2021 is going to be a good year for you. Um, so what makes a good city council person a good city council person? And what exactly is the responsibility and the role of council of a council member or of a council woman or a councilman? For those who may not know, because, you know, even you think about like, I feel like a lot of people aren't super um, educated on what exactly council people do. And outside, even outside of like the mayor, president, governor, I don't think people really understand what other positions are out there and what people are responsible for doing. That's a good question. And that's like you said, a lot of people don't know. That's that's probably one of the biggest issues. So what one thing that people don't realize is that so local elections are off-year elections. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows about the presidential election and everybody gets out and goes out and votes, but then the next year... <laughs> they sleeping in the house. Everybody's just chilling. And I've, and I've heard this. They're like, oh, there's an election today? Yeah. There's an election every single year. I just wanted to specify that there is an election every single year. And some of the most important elections are your local elections. Oh, without a doubt. Because your local elected officials affect your life right now. Literally right now. And city council members are in charge of land use, budget. They also do create legislation on the city level, which is why the legislation they create affects people so immediately because it, it, it's, it's instant. It's, it's, it's legislation that's localized and for the city. And of course you have your state elected officials who create legislation on the state level, and you have Congress that creates legislation on the federal level. In all honesty, the most, some of the most important entities are the Congress, the state elected officials, and your state elected officials. Then you have your judges, which are very important, which people always forget to, to, to vote for. And what, did, what, did, what do the judges do? Because I know, you know, is it like the traditional judge that we see when you're about to go to jail? Or is it a completely other kind of judge that's really like on some other stuff that people don't pay attention to that they really should pay mind to? The judges affect a lot of things. So you have your civil court judge, your surrogate judge. Like It's the judges that decide property. It decides what happens with divorce, money. Like Your criminal, your criminal judges, um, a lot of them, I believe, are appointed. Don't quote me on that. But uh, once again, who appoints them? Do you know who appoints your judges? The judge that probably had to get voted in to be the judge. Well, not, no. The mayor appoints plenty of judges. The mm. mayor appoints judges. The governor appoints judges. Like, people in the executive appoints judges. The president appoints. So you have the executive level, which is your president, your governor, your mayor. Those are the executives. Then you have your legislative, your Congress, your um, Senate and Assembly, and your city council. And then you have the judiciary, Supreme Court, uh, appellate court, all these different uh, judgeships. The executives appoint the judges. Those judges that are not elected in are appointed in, which is why there's so much talk about the fact that what the president is doing right now is he's literally going to paint the landscape for what is going to happen in this country far after he's elected out of office. Mm -hmm. Far after, because judges are in office until 70. Judges, once you get a point, you're, you're in office until you're 70 years old. Judges are the only ones that have mandatory retirement. Hmm. Mandatory retirement at 70 years old. The only judges, do you know the only judges that don't have mandatory retirement are the Supreme Court judges. They have a judgeship appointment until death. They're the only ones. Hmm. Did you hear about that new, did you hear that new song? Which one? Oh, we got to play it. What's the name of the song? It's called, um, we're going to, we got to play this song. It's going to be her, you got to be like her right now on, um, I want to play it for That's you. crazy. I didn't know that. I did not know judges, like, you could appoint, like, I didn't know that presidents, mayors, governor officials, I didn't know they appointed judges. And then whatever, like, I didn't know that, is there a way to get judges out if they're not good judges? No. So if a judge is super racist and they're consistently like, you know, 
giving certain people of a certain demographic worse um worse uh worse uh, uh crime charges or worse like bail sentences or which worse sentences point play period there's nothing that anybody could do like the judges now kind of dictate the landscape of how law will now go on once you're a judge you are given power to literally make change people's lives yes remember that that there was a there was a, there was a one you have to literally um the only way he really if the a judge is doing that then that's when somebody has to make a complaint and um the federal government does an investigation and although it is illegal it's, a, it's the federal government has to do an investigation somebody has to do an investigation on that judge sometimes they just move them to someplace else Sometimes they're like, they, we're going to move you someplace else. You have to have been doing something egregious. Like there was that judge that was actually getting paid to send black children to uh, private ju- prisons, juvenile private prisons. Like, like he was getting paid. He, so he was doing something illegal because he was being bribed. But when you're a judge, you're appointed because somebody is saying that I trust your character, I trust your content, and I tr- trust your decision-making to judge what is right and wrong via the law. And that, uh, what if they're not even, like, and I, I'm assuming a lot of people that they're uh, sentencing may not be from the communities or they might not be as culturally competent with, you know, some of the people that they might be judging. And if it's not, like, because I, I would assume that the judge has to be unbiased across the spectrum, but we know in America that's not always the case. That's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be judging based on the law. And, um, and, and of course, you know, their judge is given um, the, 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 the leeway to make a decision about what type of sentence to sentence somebody based on the, 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 the crime and all these different things. But you're absolutely right. The, one of the issues is, is the fact that you do have people who are making judgment on others that have no true compassion and understanding for the circumstances of that person's life, which is why it is extremely important for those who are in their community to participate in those elections because you want to make sure that you get somebody into office as a judge that's going to represent and understand the needs of that community and what's going on in that community. Um, A lot of times, one of the biggest, when people don't vote, there's somebody out there that wants you not to vote Hmm. because they benefit from you not voting. Your lack of vote, that, that lack of vote is a vote. Trust me, it is a vote. It is a vote to make sure that somebody gets into office that has their agenda. And that agenda will not in any way meet the standards of, of you or your community. Mm-hmm. But let me tell let me, can I, it's called, okay, so the rapper is called Yellow Pain, and he wrote a uh, song called My Vote Don't Count. And it's really, can I play it for you guys? Go ahead. It's like the flyest thing. I really, I love it. Hold on, let me see if I can do, what do I have to do? Of the United States, he will be the first African electoral votes, more than 270, more than enough to become the 44th president of the United States. He will be the first African-American president of the United States. Oh yeah, I seen this on um, on Thing, but all I vote 
you would probably never know. First thing first, you know back in middle school when they taught us, it was three branches of the government. We forgot it when we got older. It's the judicial, the legislative, and executive. But all we know is the executive. That's the mayor or the governor and the president. Now, none of them three people make no laws. They just be checking them. The laws come to their desk, and all they do is say no or yes to it. So when the news station tried to tell us that Barack Obama couldn't put us on, we was all Saudi at Obama when it was the Congress members all along. We got to focus on the legislative branch. Yeah, they the ones that make the laws. Yeah, they the ones right how much food stamp money you get on the car. But when people that wanted to help us wanted the job, I know they probably lost. Because we ain't even know their name. We ain't know their face. We ain't know it all. So the Congress or the State House, that's legislative. They make laws. So what we want from the president is what they do. Okay, y'all? See, they election every two years. But we don't ever even go to those. The Congress, they can raise minimum wage. But we ain't even really know it, though. So you know how back in 08, when we all voted for Obama, we was all supposed to go back in 2010 and vote for the Congress. Because they the ones make child support laws. They the ones choose if your kids at school get to eat steak or corn dogs. The state house make the court calls. So if the country failed, then you can't say it's them, it's your fault. Because y'all ain't know to vote for Congress members that was for y'all. And they don't got to leave after four years. And we just let them sit. See, they don't want to tell you this. They want you to focus on the president. Now, the third branch is the judicial. That's judges. They the reason why John Crawford and Trayvon ain't had justice. So when Meek Mill got locked up just for popping willies, we blame the judge and not the city when they let her get voted in. Cause they ain't know who to vote against. Imagine life on the other side. Roads better, schools better. Everybody get their license back. Grocery store food better. Custody of your kids back. Homeless people get new shelters. If we gon' fix the U.S., we gotta start with them two letters. Me and you. Somebody told us that the government wanna keep us broke. But the only reason why those people in the government is cause we ain't vote. And I ain't talking about the president. I'm talking about the ones we ain't know. See, they was gon' try to keep it low. But it's gon' hurt them when they see the pros. That's crazy. And you know what's really crazy about it? It's it's very true. Like, everyone is so concerned with just Donald Trump, President Obama, and the presidential election. And even you see it when it comes to, like, media coverage. You don't really see any real media coverage on when it comes to, like, congressmen and Senate, anything local government, nothing. Nope. They don't ever, they don't ever talk about it. They don't ever talk about the bills that are being passed or not being passed. Like, Congress is passing bills. We just don't know what they are. That's true. Like, they pass things. We don't know what it is. And sometimes they don't pass things because... No one's going to advocate for them. No one's going to lobby for them. Nobody's going to advocate for them. Nobody's going to push for them. They pass things and then it goes to the Senate and then the Senate has it sitting there because president don't want to sign it. Whatever it is. But either way... People forget that you have to participate. You have to participate. You have to be an active member in your future. Because trust me, there are people out there deciding your future for you. Oh, without a doubt. Like, if you don't want to make a decision, somebody will. Mm -hmm. Somebody will. And don't get me wrong. I think one of the things about that I liked about the video is that... and. He said, you know, a lot of folks voted for Obama in 2008 and they felt like nothing changed. Mm -hmm. It's true. And a lot of people blame Obama for it. And a lot of people blame Obama for it. But people weren't looking at the Congress and asking Congress, why why weren't you just passing? Why weren't you passing bills? Why weren't you raising minimum wage? You know what the federal minimum wage is? What? It's like seven dollars. Like that's an abomination. It's like seven, eight dollars. In 2020, you want people to live off of seven, eight dollars an hour? I don't even know if you could be able to afford an apartment in New York City off of seven dollars an hour. I don't know how many hours you'd have to work. And and we're not even. I'm not even talking about New York City. Think about other places in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, God bless the legislator here who raised the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. But sometimes you think about that, and it's like, well, I went to McDonald's the other day, and a, a meal cost me ten dollars now. So. What do people do? They just raise the prices on things. Mm-hmm. Um, Politics seems really ugly. So, like, why, why, why would you, you know, like, want to jump into politics knowing that this is the kind of, like, of things you would have to go against? Especially being a black woman on top of that. I think that um, one thing that I have realized is that you have to really know yourself. And know the type of person you are. 
I'm not going to let politics change me. Because at the end of the day, and I, this is a part of my motto, people before politics. I, I understand the politics. There's always going to be these politics, right? But I'm doing this because I love people. I care about my community. This is a community that helped raise me. You know, this is a community that um, taught me how to drive. This is a community that taught me how to read. This is a community that taught me, helped teach me right from wrong. There's a lot of opportunity out there, but people just need to know what it is. People just need to be given a chance. And a lot of times people don't get a chance. And, um, and at the end of the day, there are those who are going to try to stop me. There are those who are going to try to slander my character or <laughs> undermine you and undermine me. But it's like, you can't, you could try to do that all you want, but I know why I'm doing this. I know why I'm here. And not only that, I love what I do. You know, like it's a blessing to be able to help people. I always say it's, it's not hard work. Some people say to me, oh boy, it's so hard. It's going to be a lot of hard work. And I'm like, it's work, but it's work that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a hustle? Absolutely. I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. And I'm not naivete about the fact that, you know, there's pushback on all different ends from all different people. I'm not the only one in the race, but it's a democracy and democracy has options. So at the end of the day, I have to do my part in making sure that people know that I am here. I am here in your best interest. And all I have is your best interest at heart. And I am willing to go through all of this because I believe you deserve more than you have right now. And I want you to know that. And I'm going to help you get it. That's real. That's real. So what would make a, so what makes a good council person a good council person? Like what are some of the things that you've seen in the past that you're like, wow, that's something I wanna put in my, you know, my repertoire, all the things that I wanna bring to the table when I run for council? Um I think one of the first and foremost things of city council is um good constituent services. Okay. Like at the end of the day, if your constituents aren't happy and what is a constituent? Because, you know, I can't even say that word like that. But <laughs> consistent, consistent, constituents. You said it. Constituents. Yeah. What is a constituent? A constituent is a person, an individual, anybody who lives in your district that 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 lives in the council district, Senate district, congressional district that that person serves, that oh. elected official. So basically the community. The community. Exactly. Gotcha. So I'll use that term community. So, um so in general, one of the biggest roles is community service, constituent services, community services, making sure that people um, know where to go when to fix a problem, how to help people solve their problems, how to help people access government, how to help people. And sometimes it's just, you know, I'm having, and, and I want to say it on a local level, because a lot of times people get confused between what each entity can do. Now, I'm a person that believes that you shouldn't necessarily just pass off work to another elected official just because, right? Mm-hmm. Because in all honesty, once you're an elected official, you can find a way to solve that problem. It's not always, you know, this is a, some people say, oh, well, this is a state issue. Here's your state senator. Totally. I get it. You know, but if you can help fix it, try to help fix it. Without a doubt. If this is a congressional issue, you should call, talk to your congressman, congressman or congress member. That's the, the, the role of your elected officials is to be working together. First and foremost, your city council members are supposed to be working with their local state senator and their local congressional member and their local district attorney and their local borough president and the local mayor. Everybody's supposed to be working together to make sure that, once again, you as the community are serviced appropriately and that your taxpaying dollars are being used to provide you with as much opportunities as possible. Mm-hmm. It's To me, it's it's not... It's not really separate. It's it's just a collaboration. So that's first and foremost. And then for city council, there are two big things. City council focuses on land use, which is how public property is used for public use, and the budget, which is how 
taxpaying dollars are used for public use. Two very important things. And, um, and the role of the city council member is to advocate um, to make sure that your district has access to as much funding as possible to be able to support the needs of that community. So if the district needs a um, new recreation center, it is a role of the city council member to advocate to the mayor and to their fellow uh, city council members to put money in that budget for that city, for that, um, um, uh, into that cause or that situation. Into that cause, yes. So I have a question before we continue that, uh, the, my, my former question. How much money is available f in the city council for things? Because like, like how much taxpaying dollars are really allocated towards things? Because you kind of say like, oh, like there's a budget that they need to put money into. But my question is, how much money is actually there for different, you know, uh, projects and activities? The New York City budget is about eighty billion dollars. It's an eighty billion dollar budget. It's is that a year or a year? Eighty billion dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And I gotta go to every borough, or just like it's eighty billion dollars that's 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 distributed throughout all five boroughs distributed throughout 52 city council districts. Which is not bad. If you was to divide that 80, 52 ways, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's really not but bad. But you gotta remember, it's not divided up equally. And that's that's, that's a conversation. Yep, that's, a, that's, that's an a, issue. That's what happens. Everybody, listen, every city council member is fighting for a piece of that pie. And everybody has their own agenda. And it's your job as a city council member to convince everybody that your agenda is very important. And, um, and get as much of that $80 billion as possible. Now, if you ask me, do I think that Staten Island gets its fair share of that $80 billion? Oh, of course not. No. And then we're not even talking about North Shore versus South Shore. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even talking about North Shore versus South Shore because it's a Staten Island thing. It's a Staten Island. I don't think Staten Island gets a fair share of the budget. Um, and when you look at the amount of money that Staten Island pays in property taxes and taxes in general. And let's not forget the most, we have the most expensive toll in the entire country. We should get some more money. Like we, we are definitely getting the short end of the straw or the stick, whichever way you want to say it. No, without a doubt. So I'm a big proponent of the fact that we as Staten Island, like I said, I'm not talking about North Shore, South Shore, Mid-Island, as Staten Island, definitely need to be getting more, a lot more money, a little bit more money to be able to have access to just more resources. The fact of the matter is we're lacking here. Oh, Our transportation is. system is uh, outdated. Our infrastructure is outdated. We live on an island. And the thing about living on an island is that you're literally surrounded by water. There is nowhere to go. We don't have, our roads cannot be expanded because where are you going to expand to the, into the ocean? Like of course not. Into the Hudson River. You know, there's, we literally are limited because we live on an island. So we have to do better and make sure that we are taking care of our infrastructure because it is heavily affected by the elements of, of climate, by just Oh, the fact that it's just used heavily. Um, so in general, and then you have to look at the fact that what is the city doing with public property? How is the city using prob public property to positively and appropriately uh, work on the issues of the public or the community, whether it be housing, whether it be youth, whether it be parks? You know, how do you use public property so for good public use, um, I'm a big believer that it's important, and I cannot stress this enough, I personally feel like my role as a government employee is to make sure that you have as much access to opportunities as possible to be as successful as possible. Because at the end of the day, I can't, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't force you to drink. And at the end of the day, as a Staten Islander, you, you, you would hope that because you're putting me in a position to win that I'd come back and return the favor to the place that helped me become who I need to become. Absolutely. Because one of the biggest things that I always say is that it doesn't matter what I do if I don't bring other people with me. It, I, could, I, could, I could do all these amazing things, but if I have not 
brought other people with me, lifted up people with me, helped people learn how to do what I do, shown people how to do it, really shared my knowledge and information, it's all useless. Because mm-hmm. what happens when I go? It all disappears. Of course. And it does not continue. So you want people in the community and young people to know that I'm, when I'm done, I'm going to come back home because I know that my community is going to take care of me. I know that if I need help with something, if I need help finding a job, that I can go to my elected official and they'll sit down with me and they'll help me go through my resume. They'll write a recommendation for me. They'll do all the stuff for me. I think one of the things that I said that I really want to um, do is uh, have um, an education advisor on my team because I think a lot of times... Um, we don't really honestly support um, our young people, especially when they come out of college. Because when you gotta remember, they don't know, they don't know how, to, they don't realize, they don't know uh, how to access these opportunities. Because, you know, and listen, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. You go to college, you learn a lot of really interesting things, but now what do you do? You come back, ain't no jobs available, or you're trying to get a job and. There's nobody willing to take the risk to hire you, even though it's not a bad risk to take because you have the credentials. But, you know, or you get you get caught up in the the influx of applications and all these digital uh, bots that now have to basically figure out who's a real person, a genuine person. And sometimes your resume doesn't tell the whole story. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes people just need somebody to walk them through the process. Mm hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's what people are supposed to help you to do. Everybody needs help. And it shouldn't be um, difficult to find that help. And so one of the things I want to make sure that young people can do is come into my office and we'll sit down with you. We'll sit down with you and we'll walk you through that process because I want you to be successful because when you have successful young people, that means you're, you're building a successful community. You're building a thriving community, thriving economically, thriving um, civically, thriving all around. You're making basically world-class citizens in Staten Island. I think we have world-class citizens. I just want to make more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we have amazing people. We have There are people in this community who have been doing the work for years. And I always want to emphasize that because I'm a true believer in giving credit where credit is due. Of course. And I'm 33, going on 34. <laughs> and you look 27. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. Hashtag black don't crack. Make sure you vote. <laughs> 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 you know... I am not naivete about the fact that there have been people before me who have been doing the work. And that has allowed me to be here today and do what I do. Councilwoman Debbie Rose was the first black elected official on Staten Island. And that is a trailblazer. Mm -hmm. And that is something to be proud of. You know, uh, um, it is important to to build upon what people have done. But it doesn't matter what you build if you do not have other people behind you. It's true. It doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, I look at our community and I see young people struggling. Like, I... And it's not because they're not smart, it's not because they don't want to work hard. And it's not because they have behavioral issues. It's not because they have behavioral It's because they just don't know where to go. They just don't know where to go. But there are amazing people in this community doing amazing work that are truly have been doing the work for a very long time. They're trailblazers. Um, I don't even want to call out any of them because then somebody's going to be like, oh, you didn't say my name. Mm-hmm. But those <laughs> who know, know they, what they're doing. But they not... know what they're doing. They're out there. And there are people who people don't know what they're doing. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there doing work, and I don't know what they're doing. But I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you. Because if it's not for them, none of us would be here. That work allows us to do what we do. That work allows me to say I'm running for office. 
So thank you to everybody out there doing the work, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a guidance counselor, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, whether you're uh, a good landlord. <laughs> Shout out to the good ones. Shout out to the good landlords. There are, there are good landlords out there. Sometimes landlords get bad raps. But there's some horrible tenants out there too. That's why I'm not shouting on Section 8. We are not cool. Oh, I'm not going to go there. We are I'm, not cool, Section 8. I'm not going to go there. I'm a big believer that, and I've always said this, from my experience, I truly believe, and maybe this is the naivete part of me, that 99% of people are good people. Oh, yeah. I truly believe it. And you you, you, you can't tell me, because I've had the pleasure of traveling around the world, backpacking all by myself in in many different countries, you know, walking around, la-da-la-da-da-da-da, and people are just like, do you need help, young lady? And I'm like... Well, yes, I do. I don't know where I am. and I don't speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> but uh, And I tell you, you know, so I'm a big believer that most people are good people. And, uh, and I just want to, like I said before, build upon um, the work that has already been done by my predecessors and by those who came before me and do even better. So I agree with everything you're saying. And honestly, 2021, like I said, it's going to be very interesting because of all, like, I think it's like, what, right now, there's been seven people who have announced that they're running for the same position that you're running for. There probably is more now. And there's people still coming out and deciding that they want to run, even though it's like this kind of late in the game. Um, how do you plan on, you know, making sure that you're victorious, especially, like I said, because you have, like, seven other people running against you, and of the seven, like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, six are also African-American, and, um, what, because, and I know before I continue that question, why I'm concerned is because you have one, uh, one, one, or one candidate who's not from the African-American community, really not from the community at all, not from this side of the island, just kind of found his way into this space and now decides to run because they have support from another uh, 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 um, a city or I, I guess like a local legislative official. You know what I'm saying? So how do you make sure, how do you ensure that you are victorious and how do you make sure that your your mission and your platform gets heard? Because that's something I feel like Staten Island has a huge problem with, the dissemination of information. Like for some odd reason, information doesn't cut through anywhere outside of the Staten Island advance and you see how that goes there's no real information being shared to the people who need to hear it the most so how do you with your campaign plan on getting your voice heard and your mission and your platform heard I'm just gonna go straight to the people straight up you know at the end of the day it's a democracy and I don't I've always I don't have any control over anybody People can do whatever they want to do. And uh, and if you want to run for office, go right ahead. It is, I, it is, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy. And if you want to take a stab at it, go right ahead. It's democracy and you're absolutely allowed to 100%. So I can't worry about what other people are going to do. I can only worry about what a Moy Barnes is going to do. Mm-hmm. What a Moy Barnes is going to do is a Moy Barnes is going to talk to every single constituent and make sure that they understand that a Moy Barnes only has your best interest at heart. I always say this. I'm so blessed. I don't, no offense, I don't owe nobody nothing. Except my student loans. I still I still owe on my student loans. <laughs> Shout out to Sally, man. I'm going to send you a text later, boo. I still owe Sally. Sally. Chill Sally. out, Sally. You be blowing on my phone. I'll be right now with a Moy Barnes in the podcast. <laughs> Let me hit you when I can hit you, queen. You know, though, you know, at the end of the day, I'm blessed. I don't, I don't I, you know, I don't owe nobody anything. So I'm running for you. Mm-hmm. I'm running because at the end of the day, you deserve better. That's true. The North Shore does not get no love. You like that's all it is. And I want to make sure that you get better. 
I want to make sure that you do better. I want to make sure that your family does better. I want to make sure that your children do better. I want to make sure that our teachers have access to more resources. I want to make sure our, our schools have access to more resources. I want to make sure our hospitals have more access to more resources, that our roads are paved, that our bus lines actually run on time. Because I've stood at that bus stop for about 45 minutes waiting for the bus to show up mm. and, ran, and, and I'm running late for work. The 40 and the 48 are crunch time is the most unreliable thing ever. I'm telling y'all, if you people tell about Staten Island is great already, I'm telling you, come to come to the harbor. Take the 48 when you need to get to somewhere on time. <laughs> you gonna be waiting there, cry. You gonna be upset. Take that 40 when you need to get to that ferry and catch that 4:30 boat. You ain't catching that. You ain't catching it. I've been there. I've been there. I'm I'm from here. This is my home, and the fact that this is my home, I know that what we're capable of if given the opportunity. That's true. So all I want to do is just make sure that we have access to that opportunity. Just give us a fair shot. Mm -hmm. Just give us our due. Just give us our taxpaying dollars and see what we can do with it. It's true. See what we are capable of doing if just given the opportunity. It's true. And so that being said, I'm just going to bring my message straight to the people. You know, I can't, I have to, you have to be willing to do the work. You know, everybody's allowed to say that they're going to run for office, and it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to actually do it. It's true. Well, we've seen it for the last couple of years. A lot of people been saying they doing X, Y, and Z, but we ain't really seeing it. And 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 anybody who decides to to get involved and jump in the race, welcome. I got nothing but love for you, and I want to say that again. I got nothing but love and respect for you. Because this is not easy. It's not easy to run for office. It's not easy to raise money. Uh, it's not easy to 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 to. It's it's not easy. But like I said, if you're doing it for the right reasons, it's not that hard. So, what is the process of running like? Uh, and I, and I, you know, because I'm just curious, being that you're, you know, for people who may not know, like, how much money do you need to run for? Uh, how much money do you need to run a successful campaign? What do you have to do? Uh, what are some of like the preliminary steps that you could run from going from, hey, I want to be, you know, I, I'm average though, but now I want to run for some kind of political office. Like, what is that process like? Like, what do you have to do? Especially you, now that you're going through it, what has it been like for you? So once again, it depends on what level of government you're running for, because every level of government has different rules and regulations on campaign, campaign finance rules and regulations. I'm running for city council here in New York City. New York City has one of the most robust um, uh, campaign finance public funded programs in the country, which means that anybody who is a New York City resident that donates to me, their funds are matching eight to one. Hmm. So if you give me $100, that turns into $900. Um, that being said, there are requirements to get matching public funds, which is for New York City Council, you have to raise what's $5,500 in just matching funds, not outside of um, just regular funds. And you have to get 75 people plus in the district to donate $10 or more to you. And when you do that, you will get public matching funds somewhere around $100,000. And currently, where are you at right now? Right now, I've raised $20,000. Uh, I'm on the road to do more. My last filing was $20,000. So I did my first filing on January 11th. And I am humbled and proud to say that I, um, no offense to anybody, but I outraised the other candidates so right now out of the candidates that have filed i raised the most money and it's still early and it's and it's still early i'm still going 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 i haven't it's going it's, it's a marathon going. it's not a sprint it's a marathon not a sprint and i'm i'm a runner so i got the endurance for this race mm, i love it Okay, cool, cool, cool. So if anybody wanted to find a way to reach out to you, sit with you, speak with you, et cetera, et cetera, how can they go or oh, support your campaign? How can they go about doing so? Um, well, first and foremost, just call me. 
No, seriously, I am. I I really am a big believer. Like, just call me, and and we'll go from there. I love talking to people, as you can tell. I'm a talker. You, mm-hmm. I'm a talker. I know. I probably talk too much. No, you talked perfectly fine. <laughs> you did a good job. So I'm a big believer. Like nobody's that important. You know, sometimes people start running for office and they're like, oh, you know, you got to like, get, you know, create another number so people don't have your real number. Man, I ain't that important. And if what's going to wish you, you don't want to talk to nobody, you could just put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Yes, exactly. 646-593-5927. Holla at me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Something about you. So, uh, boy, I, I see that you, you know, you're doing your thing over there. I, I, I saw, I saw you at, at the meeting, and I, I want to let you know. I, I want to find a way I can, I can support you. You know, can I, can I support you? You know what I'm saying? Can I, can I show you love some type of way? So, also, if you want to donate to me, mm-hmm. if you want to donate, throw me a couple of. That's what it is. We America. You better talk them change. <laughs> talk them coins. Money. That's it. Um, NYC votes. You go to NYC votes. Type it in Google doc, Google it. NYC votes. And all you have to do is type in my name. Amoy. A-M-O-Y. Barnes. Like Barnes and Noble. B-A-R-N-E-S. Type in my name and I pop up because I'm the only Amoy Barnes you'll ever meet. Facts. Mm. Okay. Cool. So, cool. And cool. then you could donate online through NYC votes. Um, and right now, um, my team and I were working on the logistics of our website and this and then the third, which is exciting. Like these things are super exciting sitting down working on policy. I really, you know, like there's a lot of different things to this. Um, but I love it. I, I, I just, I love sitting down and talking about policy and i love talking and getting people's ideas and opinions and reading about what's going on and what other people think i think you know to be a good representative you have to always be willing to learn and listen Mm -hmm. because there's so much information out there and there's so much knowledge out there and i will be the first one to tell you i don't know everything i do not know everything i probably don't even know a quarter of everything but I'm always more than willing to learn. I'm always more than willing to listen. And that is a very important thing because the world is moving so fast. We're globalizing. We're changing. Look at the things happening. You know, like we're so, I want to get Staten Island, you know, there's all this talk about succession. We live in New York City. Why would you want to succeed from that? We live in literally, and I will say this. I have had the wonderful pleasure of going to so many different places. We live in one of the greatest cities in the entire world. There, has ne- there hasn't been in any place that I've been to that can compare to where we live. Why would you want to succeed? Now, like I go back and say, do we get our fair share? No, I don't think we get our fair share. And that's why I'm going to work very closely with my fellow electeds to make sure that we do. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, I don't care. We're Staten Islanders. You know, Staten Island proud. West Brighton proud. Harbor proud. You know that. Rosebank proud. Mm-hmm. Port Richmond proud. Tompkinsville proud. We're Staten Islanders. So at the end of the day, let's do this. Let's get our fair share. Let's, let's, let's make this happen. We live in the greatest city in the world. There's no reason for us to succeed. Let's enjoy what we have. I love it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, if anyone want to follow you, you well, you get out your number. I think everybody got to follow you on nothing or reach out to you. I mean, you got the Facebook page. Amoy Barnes. Uh, it's at Amoy Barnes for City Council. It's my Facebook page. My Insta is at Amoy Barnes. My Twitter is at Amoy Barnes. Shout out to you on Twitter. Uh, shout out to me <laughs> on Twitter, on Insta, on Facebook. I keep it simple. I keep it simple because I'm a Moy Barnes. I just mm-hmm. keep it simple. So hit me up. Uh, I'm pretty quick to respond. Um, you could also uh, email me. Not just call me. It's easier. All Text right. Cool. Cool. Send cool. Send me a message. I will. Thank- oh, and my and my and my uh, website, Moy Barnes. Dot com. 
Beautiful. Keep it simple, right? Amoybranch.com. Amoybranch.com. Coming soon. Coming soon. All right, yo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, if y'all love the podcast, y'all love the brand, follow the podcast, follow the brand at Talking Chief Network on Instagram. Follow the program. Um, the people who brought you the program, the Cletus Group, at the Cletus Group. And um, yeah, y'all tuned to Talking Chief. Thank you so much, Amoy, for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you, Cletus. Amoy, Did you tell everybody what you, what's going on? No, I didn't. You didn't tell everybody? No, nah, I didn't. Cletus, do you want me to tell Go ahead, tell him. Oh, what? I'm so proud of Cletus. He is, you are amazing. Like, honestly, I've only, I haven't known you for a very long time, but you truly have this amazing positive energy and you're doing such wonderful things. Thank Cletus you. is going to get his PhD <laughs> at Howard University <laughs> uh, in, what is it again? In, in uh, communication, culture, and media studies. What? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be lit. Very much so. And I'm going to be there during the presidential year like the election year it is so awesome i'm so proud of you i am i love what you're doing i love this podcast i, I think that i'm so proud of you for going to, back to school it is a brave thing to do it is not an easy decision to make and then you're gonna come back home with God all willing. that with all that knowledge god willing but I have no choice now that the store has been boom. Shout out to Peace International Market 3240 Richmond Terrace. Shout out Staten to your Island, mom and your sister. Yeah, I got some goats on my family, man. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah, my mom did get the, uh, she got recognized by like all the like Staten Island North Shore politicians and Diane uh, Savino and everybody, Charles Fold. And it's been a crazy week, but we're, we're just trying to do what we can do. Um, but like I said, you tuned in to Talking Cheap podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And y'all know how it goes, Talking Cheap, but it's not that deep. It's a vibe.